out beyond ideas of wrongdoing and rightdoing, there is a field. I'll meet you there. When the soul lies down in that grass, the world is too full to talk about. Ideas, language, even the phrase each other doesn't make sense. Hi everyone. As you will hear in this episode, I met Russ in the early part of the previous decade. Russ was then very quiet, reserved, and came across as extremely unsure of himself and shy. The Russ I talked to today seems a completely different person. In this episode of Meet Me in the Field, Russ takes us on his journey from the southern suburbs of Cape Town through a psychedelic trance to the confident, self-loving, caring and giving person he has become. This podcast is supported by The First Layer, the 12-step workbook on working through the 12 steps in any addiction in 21 sessions. There is also a 24-day step coaching and counselling program available based on The First Layer. For more information in this regard, go to www.freddy.org.za and click through from the notices at the right of the homepage. Please also look out for information on my new book, Life for Non, a tough-step guide to life for non-addicts. You can find it by following the link from the right of my homepage. It costs 300 rand without postage. Order from me in my shop at www.freddyshop.co.za. This is Russ's story. Sit back, relax, and enjoy. Russ, good afternoon. Welcome to Meet Me in the Field. How are you doing? Hi, Freddie. I'm doing very well, thank you. Thanks for inviting me. You, you're uh, looking so time. healthy. You, you're looking awesome. <laughs> thank you. Yeah, um, sure. I've just reached 90 kilograms about two months ago. About 10 years ago, I was 61 kilograms. Oh, so my I think word. I'm 50% of my body weight. <laughs> oh, my word. You, you are one of the few people who, who seem to want to gain weight. I'm struggling my ass off to lose some weight. Yeah, fortunately, I was able to give, not able to give up. I had a desire to give up smoking for quite some time. Okay. And, yeah, the lockdown was to my benefit when it came to um, my decision to do it. And okay. that was 196 days ago. Fantastic. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. My no smoking anniversary was my, it was actually my 10 year anniversary on the 23rd of September for no smoking. So, um, Excellent. so yeah, and I've, I've definitely, I've definitely gained the, the pounds as proof. <laughs> 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 but how long have we known each other? What year did we meet? I met you in 2011, the beginning of 2012. Um, okay. Yeah. So it's about eight, eight, nine years. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. Awesome. And I'll and, be, sorry? No, I'll be turning 64 next month, but oh, I've only oh, started yeah. to live recently, still growing up. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I, I think I know exactly what we, what, what that means. And yeah. we, we spoke a little bit beforehand that you are now semi-retired. And, yeah. and one thing that, that I really, really like about your Facebook postings is when you post about your garden. So the house where you're in now, is that the garden that you made so beautiful? Yes. And when I purchased this house, it was also an amazing turn of events that brought me here because I started off in Gordon's Bay and traveled through Kales River all the way to Yostenberg Flakter. 
I couldn't afford Belleville, Goodwood, or Paro in the price range I was looking at, an area location, but this house also just was meant for me. It was advertised incorrectly. <laughs> I, um, <laughs> yeah, I, I was amazed because what uh, it was tenanted out for 12 years and in a total state. Oh, my word. And, yeah, so I was able to get it at quite a good price. It wasn't able to be sold. The advertised price was incorrect as well. That's what got me into that price range. <laughs> but that was three and a half years ago. But the garden is really, it didn't just happen. I had to clean up for nearly nine months. Oh, my word. And then the evolution, the revolution actually started. <laughs> <laughs> and have you always been a keen gardener? When I was married uh, in the 80s and the 90s, and before that, I always helped mow lawns when I was growing up. But, you know, um, I won two awards for my category in the 90s for garden, oh. for the Horticultural Society. Oh, my word. But there were small, smallish plots. But now, yeah. recently, with the drought and, um, you know, the also low maintenance and the water restrictions and I thought of the future as well. I want a place that's going to be rewarding. And yeah, so I don't have any more grass. I have fake grass, but um, I have evolved and it's still ongoing. I'm busy with the outside now on the road, okay. but I love it. Yeah, I love it. It's my expression and it's different. It's very yeah. different. Because you're using a lot of water-wise plants and a lot of stones and um, um, those type of things. So it, it looks really, really beautiful. Yeah, I have many stones still that I collected when I was small, when I used to go with my father to Namibia. The other family used to go to the UK, and I used to go to Namibia. So I've got those stones still 50-odd years later oh my word. in special parts of my garden. And I still purchase nearly every month from Magic Minerals in Philadelphia and rocks on the side of the road. Okay. Yeah. Oh, awesome. <laughs> I remember when we bought our house that we just moved out now um, three weeks ago. We, it's a corner stand and there was this, this, this creeper plant that was planted right in the corner and it just crept to both sides of the garden. And it was just this creeper that, that looked absolutely horrific and it took over everything. Ooh. And I know nothing about gardening, know nothing about plants. And I made a deal with my higher power who is Mother Nature. And I said to her, okay, I'm going to rip this thing out. You'll have to come to the party to help me to make pretty. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I just started buying plants and things. And I had no idea. I just read on the label, sunny or, or, or semi-shade or whatever, and just, just put in. And the garden looked so beautiful that people in the complex would come and knock on my door and say, listen, I want to, I want to plant this. Well, where do you think this should go and what, what, how should I plant yeah. it? I, and I'm too embarrassed to say to them, I, I have no idea. Um, I just made a deal <laughs> with my higher power to, to help me to make a beautiful <laughs> garden. <laughs> so anyway, it's, it's, it's actually quite weird. We, we now live in the same complex. And when we drove past the house the other day, I said to my husband, wow, that garden really looks nice. So I'm happy that I'm yeah. here for another for another summer to see how beautiful the garden does look in summer. Beautiful, it's just, and it's, a it's wonderful just experience. most amazing colors. Yeah, yeah, yeah very no. rewarding and very to me. I just love. Fortunately, I'm also in a cul-de-sac, and I don't have neighbors opposite, so I've got these fields. Like you said, meet me in the field. Mm. 
<laughs> I could go sit in the field right outside my oh, front wonderful. gate. And I've just got Egyptian geese there and pine oh. trees. I'm really blessed because I, not just because the location is just so amazing. And I stay in a very middle-class area. It's actually of all the areas I've lived in, if you want to categorize them, this is most probably at the bottom of the rung. Yeah the bottom rung of all of the areas, but it's the top when it comes to me being fulfilled at peace, the camaraderie of the folk that live around me, those that visit me. Oh, it's wonderful. Awesome. Well, that I'm sounds really absolutely blessed. beautiful. Yeah. Are you mm. Cape Town born and bred? Um, yes, I am. I'm the only one in my family that was born here. My late parents were Australian, my mom and my dad, Scottish, and my siblings were born over there. So I'm the only South African. Wait, 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 stop. So, <laughs> so, so your parents are Scottish, but they and lived Australia. in Australia. No, no, my mom came from Australia, my dad from Scotland. Okay. And they met in Cape Town and went back to the UK after they got married. Okay. And then, and then you were born in South Africa. Yeah. In Cape yes. Town. Okay. Yeah. Cool. And your other siblings, they were born, where did you say? Australia? Uh, in Scotland. Oh, oh, in Scotland. Okay. Yeah. And did you grow up religiously? I did, Freddie. In a way, um, I grew up in the traditional Christian Church of Scotland, the Presbyterian, if I may mention it. Yeah. When I sort of was in high school, I belonged to the Christian Union at the school. Um, I was very upright and clean living, and I wanted to become a missionary and okay. go into the ministry. Oh, wow. And so, yeah, that was where I was, like, in my teens. But uh, none of that. I studied. I went to Bible college, and um, then I met my ex-wife and, yeah, got married. And I was always an avid churchgoer. Um, you know, the children, Sunday school, um, Christian principles. But I've always been very open-minded when it comes to the spiritual realm. But it's only in the last couple of years when I look in hindsight, when you look back in hindsight, everything seems to be clear. But how I realized that my religious foundation actually was quite amazing because in the last 10 years, a program that I've embraced, that I started to work and that I live now, which is a 12-step program, the principles I'm sure could come out of any other spiritual program. Yo, it's been life-changing and I only realized the value that I mean to the universe that I am and that I can share with other people because I wasn't ever living or alive in my spirit. Yeah. I think I had moments of awakenings over my decades preceding this last one. But um, yeah, so I have been religiously inclined, seeking a spiritual path and uh, don't have a category that I would put myself into like an omniist or whatever. But I do, in the last five years, I have found a place where people of all faiths do fellowship and worship, a very oh, wow. historical building in Cape Town. And I started playing the organ there. 
And I just loved the fellowship and the building. And yeah, so that was um, where I really enjoyed the unity of diversity. Okay. So it's, a, it, it's kind of interdenominational church. Yes. Oh, wow. Yes, it was founded um, by an ex Dutch Reformed minister, Reverend Fora. Okay. Um, but I um, attended there. I um, went out of curiosity more than anything else yeah. and found folk from uh, all walks of life. Yeah, it's wonderful to see these people like a, a person who's married to someone of the, another faith worshipping together. Yeah. Oh, wow. The place where, yeah. And Russ, where, where is this place? I've never heard of it. In Hart Street in Cape Town. Okay. Um, it's, it's actually called the Unitarian um, Church. They are all over, but I'm not exclusively a member of that church. Yeah. Um, you know, I just felt very at home and very comfortable there. Yeah. I did become a member, but um, I, if I had to go and attend a service, I would go there. Okay. But also, what I am, uh, I'm like my higher power, like Mother Nature, the God of my understanding, um, is not a possession of a building in my spiritual yeah. uh, vision, you know. It's great to meet. We can meet in the field. Yeah. We can meet in my <laughs> home. We can meet in a building of uh, historical uh, importance. And that's also beautiful. But like my home, for example, I think because of my program that I've embraced has become a way of life, I've had people from other faiths living with me. And okay. we are not even conscious of the differences because yeah. there's love, there's acceptance, there's support, there's care. Uh, we beautiful. all comprehend the word serenity at times and we experience peace. So, yeah. and that all is sourced from the heart of the same God, you know, in my yes. opinion. I love that. That is so beautifully said. Well done. <laughs> it, it, it's really awesome. So, after school, you went to Bible college. Yes, I did. I was going to study for my Bachelor of Divinity degree between Cape Town and the Glasgow Theological Seminary. Um, but at that time, I think um, I was also at loggerheads with the Dean of uh, the Bible Institute <laughs> because I didn't agree on certain um, interpretations of Greek into English okay. and the whole doctrine founded on one word. Ah. Um, you know, that type of thing. And I've never believed in a hell that a loving God can create, despite the fact that I was raised and confirmed and married in a Christian faith environment. I've always questioned more than I've had answers for. Um, and also never felt good enough, never felt like uh, connected. Connected, I would say, more than anything else to... Yeah. Uh, higher power of God or Mother Nature, whatever you wish to, however you wish to relate. I've never felt that connection to like-minded people. Uh, no. For example, I it was so hot just before lockdown. I noticed that the Jehovah's Witnesses were doing their Saturday morning 
uh, mission, you know, in our area. Yeah. And by the time I got to my house, my dog went ballistic and I put him into the room inside and I went out to the gate and I asked him if they'd like to come in for some refreshment, which they did. They were blown away because it doesn't happen very often to them. They didn't try and convert me. We chatted about my garden and I was able to share with them some oh, wow. beautiful things about my experience. And I felt like they said, well, this is the first time somebody's actually welcomed us into their home. Yeah. And they added value to my experience as well. You know, um, they never told me I'm wrong, which a lot of folk uh, seem to be inclined to say or you know, indirectly state um, that you are wrong. This is the only way to do it. Yeah. And um, I was a little bit up, sort of wound, uh, excited, you could say that, because like I wasn't trying to prove anything. It's just that these folk also um, have a reason for doing what they're doing. And I'm also interested in their sort of experience. You yeah. know, they've also had... And they were interested in my past as well. And I remember not too long ago when I asked for help because I believed um, my dream from 1992, I used to write it on my daily planner, my weekly planner, my desk calendar, my dream to be at peace with myself, with mm -hmm. God, and to share it with other people. In other words, to be whole, complete and functioning. Yeah, And um, I remember the movie 1995, it was Braveheart, William Wallace, who was played by Mel Gibson. It stood out for me so often. And whenever I watched the movie, I only watched it just to hear him say, um, the sad thing about life is everybody dies. But even sadder still, most of us die before we have lived. Yeah. And that was rather profound. Very, very and much so. Yeah, that was a statement that was indelibly, I think, imprinted in the depths of my soul. Yeah. And today I can truly say that um, it's wonderful to be alive and to be growing and to be loved and to experience that and to share it and to have worth and value. I'm smiling from ear to ear. <laughs> <laughs> It's so awesome to, to, to hear that. I love that saying that says the two most important days in our lives are the day that we are born and the day that we realized why we are born. Yeah. Wow. And, and it sounds to me as, as, as if you figured out why you were born. Well, yes, I do. Um, I believe that each one of us, you know, my prayers have never been those of petition. Always somehow I've been able to uh, make uh, a grateful contribution <laughs> towards the prayer that I give to God like for what I have. Like today, there's so many comparisons, although I do have my challenges, I often get flooded with negative gratitude for the things that I don't have anymore, plus what I've been blessed with. I believe even my home, although I have the title deed, everything that I have belongs to our God. Okay. Mother Nature, yeah. the power of the universe. I have just been trusted one day at a time to take care of it and to share it with others. 
So I look after it and I'm blessed to be able to invest in excellence with that mindset. You know, it hasn't always yeah. been like that. Absolutely. I, with, with that, you're saying that I think of, of being a, an, an owner of a pet. Of, I don't really think of myself as, as owning three cats. I think of myself as of looking after of, of the mother nature's creations on her behalf yeah. while I'm here. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and trying my utmost to, to, to look after them to the best of my ability. It's that thought process that, that got me to stop eating meat. I looked at my cat and I looked at a pig, for instance, and I saw these videos of, of, of people scratching cows and it suddenly dawned on me that, I don't think I want to eat my cat. So why would I want to eat a cow? <laughs> <laughs> and that stopped me from eating meat. And not that I've judged anybody for eating meat. It was just my process. We were in macro the other day and there was a video playing. They were advertising a, a TV, the clarity, the specific TV. And they, they showed somebody making a burger. <gasps> and that meat looked so good. <laughs> so even though I don't eat meat, I can definitely see why people do eat meat. Um, yeah. But I just I just made made a decision not to. So what I'm hearing you, Russ, is that you you, you seem to have spent a life aspiring to, yeah. to 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 live a different life. What what withheld you from doing that? Um, if I have to, you know, I had a very healthy upbringing, although my father wasn't. By choice, absent, he traveled a lot for his work, his career. He traveled internationally. I grew up with, you know, I never wanted for anything. We didn't have alcohol abuse in our home. I wasn't, I grew up in really a wonderful environment. Um, but I think uh, through, through therapy that I've been um, counseled over the years in my 20s, I believe that the national service on the borders or uh, the, the terrorist warfare that I was exposed to, I was taken out of the army and I was trained in the um, counterinsurgency unit of the SAPS. Oh my word. I think that exposure at that young age, um, that's when only, uh, it was nearly 10 years later that I was able to finally go into medication for what was then diagnosed as clinical depression. Yeah. And as the 30s came and went in the 40s, um, yeah, I've been on medication for nearly 15 years. Yeah. Wow. Russ, did I hear you correctly that you, were, you fought the Angolan War? Um, in Mozambique. In Mozambique. I was yeah, and I think that exposure to, um, you know, the Roy um, Gefar and the Swart Gefar and all of the Gefar. <laughs> all the colored Gefar um, that, that you could think of. Amazing, yeah, but I only really, um, okay, then after I was divorced, I found other means of pleasure. I really explored all of my fantasies. And I love music. I've always been a musician. And I studied music at school. It was either going to study music or theology. Okay. And I still, to this day, actually play. 
at weddings and funerals. Um, and I okay. give back. I don't, I don't charge. It's my oh. way of my talent, like giving back now. Yeah. And is that playing the organ now. or the piano? I play both, yeah. Okay. Um, and I, I played for a <laughs> lockdown, a, a wedding during lockdown. It was so weird because nobody sang. And we were so far distance apart. It was, they were flirting my recovery fellowship. But I was really blessed to be able to be of service. But yeah, um, it was quite a challenge emotionally. And I think that's what fueled my desire to be at peace with myself and God. Yeah. Because I couldn't handle being depressed. Nobody knew about it. You started to put on a mask for work, a mask for socializing, yeah. a mask for home. And yes, uh, when I was able um, to go to trans parties, for example, um, I loved going at weekends and then it became like not just once a month, it would be twice a month, then every weekend if I could. And I lived in an area that was um, quite vibey. I bought a house there and then I was exposed to the party scene locally as well and um, that's where mind-altering substances and I met for the first time okay. and um, I over a period of time became addicted and um, by the time I was 55 I hadn't had any medication for 10 years my life had become totally unmanageable although I was in denial of that oh well yeah um, yeah, and I really, I asked for help. I okay. was desperate for years, actually. But finally, mm. I actually was able to change, um, you know, and do something about it. Yeah. So, you, so your party ended? Well, I always said the party ain't over until the fat lady sings. But um, <laughs> I think that I was deafened by her voice and her singing. Um, but yeah, so the party, but then it's only really started because if I think of, I have a reason to celebrate today mm. and I am the words, a higher power God is giving through me words and music to life. Um, there's a new song that I can sing. There's a new dance with movements that my spirit coordinates with the rhythm of the universe and not everybody dances the same steps with me, but in my heart, there's a Jerusalem that is beating totally to and yeah. in sync with others as well <laughs> who are like-minded. So, yeah, um, I'm a happy chappy. It's been very challenging, though, the last sort of year and a half. One of my residents who stayed with me for four years um, went missing, and he was... Oh, no. uh, we found him five days later on a Google pin, and it took him a month to die. Um, oh, so, no. Uh, and six months prior to that, my dog and I and this very same person on another Google pin found a friend's body whose wife had come here in distress to chat, and uh, we've, he had committed suicide. And I just think of, you know, it's wonderful carrying a message of hope. It is also fulfilling when folk come to you and um, you can in that way, you know, being of service is not just sharing our joys and our triumphs and our victories, yeah. our progresses, our hurts and our dismal failures 
and our disappointments. And if I think of how um, I felt at that time, and I still today see the, this family and um, how um, it's just for me, one day at a time. And yeah, I'm not fueled by fear anymore. Um, I have faith in my life that I believe was given to me by like-minded people yeah. who also changed. And like, yeah, let's talk about this. And I can trust you. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, over a period of time, I was able to start, you know, they say trust the process, but to trust myself and my judgment and to start to love doing what I'm doing, which is growing in stature in the inner man. Yeah. And I think that, well, everything is spiritual. It's just that we happen to be in a mortal body. But if I just think of how emotionally secure I've become and hmm. confident, because the, the most amazing folk are in my heart. I don't have countless numbers of them, but I have me. I was <laughs> being a true Capricorn. I always say we save the best until last. And that was <laughs> like finding out me. <laughs> and starting to love me and it yeah. just wasn't an overnight affair that started it was slowly I had to start disliking me and dismantling all of those stages and uh, yeah and today it is different but like also I don't have a secret of success or whatever but what I do is repetition I continue to give my world and my life to the God of who understands yeah. me today, this great universal spirit. And I don't, it's like becoming more selfless and it's ongoing. And that's where um, I'm getting directions to drive my bus and yeah. look after and, you know, share it with others. And um, I really am amazed at my progress. Uh, <laughs> But, but that's exactly what I wanted to reflect back to you now. You know, when we, 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 when we met each other and the person whom I'm, I'm seeing sitting in front of me now having this conversation, there is no comparison between the two. Um, I mean, I, I didn't see you for years when I moved out to, to the Helderberg and you, you were still living in, in the South. And then yes. I ran into you in a Zoom meeting a few months ago and and it was in that meeting when when you was when you spoke that i thought a huge change happened here and that's when i realized i want to ask you to come on the podcast because i want to know what what happened and and, and well, what know. i can what i can hear is that you had a spiritual awakening that you <laughs> that the, the, and and that whatever you, you you're doing as you say repeating the good things which means that you are being filled with the good things and the good things are pouring out of you. Because another thing that I want to reflect back to you is, so you went to Bible school and, and it sounds to me as, as if you are nearly more of a type of a minister now than, than you would ever have been in your life. <laughs> oh, yeah, most definitely. Um, it's you know, it wasn't going, I was I always visualized going to the Amazon, preferably the Amazon not darkest Africa and meeting some weird person over there was doing the same thing and settling down in the middle of nowhere. Well, today I'm actually living in my dream because I have a kind of uh, life that where we give away what was so freely given yeah. to us. 
uh, and I've got a mission purpose. I don't have an idle moment in the day. Um, folk come and go, but uh, they want to be here. Um, it's a home. It's not a house. It's the first time I think I've had a home. Oh, wow. And you mentioned when you met me, I think there were three things that I still have in common. Um, and that's my shoe size, my ID number, and the name on my ID card. <laughs> but everything is continuously changing. It's yeah. not just that I've had a spiritual awakening. My spirit is awakening more and more okay, and growing. And I have been nurtured and fed and carried and uh, so beautiful, uh, cared for by like-minded souls whom I really love. Yeah. I think the L word was vacant, vacant from my vocabulary of my heart. And to be, and I, I don't have a partner. I, I have me. I'm in love with the most awesome man, which is me. And I am never lonely. I love my solitude. Yeah. I have the most amazing miracle of a dog that came into my life on the 30th of November last year, just after a wedding that I had played at. But um, I have a happy home. Yeah. We do have our challenges. We have some very challenging of experiences. <laughs> you know what? If it, doesn't challenge, if it doesn't challenge, it doesn't change you. Yeah. And well, that's the only know is change and yeah. some more often than not I've got to be the change yes and talk about change you also became a grandfather yes I'm a grandfather of two grandchildren oh whoa. and last night the video called me out of their own Bella is just over two and Jordan is going to be six. Oh wow so that yeah. old already <laughs> And, and where are, and where are they now? They live in View. their mom and um, the two of them are in Tableview. Yeah. Okay. So it's quite amazing how, um, you know, because I've always, I've never had really family other than just my ex-wife, my daughter, my son and my two kids. Yeah. And um, well, I haven't had the two grandchildren for so long. But I think of my folk that are in the fellowship with this international fellowship that has so many different folk working and living the same sort of program, which has become my life fuel and blessing that my, I've, I've never felt more connected and, and not a sense of belonging that I do know in my heart, this is your dream come true. Yeah. You, used to, you used to dream about this. Today, you are sharing your dream with others. Yeah. And it used to be a nightmare. And today, it's actually <laughs> so fulfilling. I've got yes. to keep it, you know, I've got to do what's required to exactly. maintain it. Because just this week on Monday night, somebody who was in a center with me in 2011, I heard from um, this lady in the UK and from my director of my treatment center that he had passed away. Mm. And um, he was an immense help to somebody else I know who comes to me every second week. He's, he was 34 years old and he had organ failure due oh. to continuous abuse of substances. And during lockdown, no one was able to visit him and he was seven weeks in a coma. Oh my and the miracle was he actually pulled through and was assisted and held hand 
this chap Nick used to hold his hand and chat to him when he was still in a coma. And the sad news was Nick died. Um, he had lost his business during lockdown. And um, yeah, so well, I'm often conscious of what I have. Yeah. Um, it's, it's just for today. It's, there's no guarantee about tomorrow, but I'm not fueled with fear anymore. And I have mm. no regrets about yesterday because um, I've got no guilt and anxiety and I've got yeah. no... I don't carry any of those negatives around with me that used to really drown me, you know? Oh, yeah. The um, weighed us down so, so, so terribly. <laughs> that was beautiful. Russ, I'm absolutely in awe and I want to end it while I'm, while I'm on such a high. I've, this was such a beautiful, beautiful shade to hear and to, to see you looking as one as you do and, and to hear you, to see the growth and to hear, ah, it's just amazing. It is just absolutely amazing. And I'm so glad well, I've taken the plunge and asked you to talk to me. <laughs> Thank you, man. I really so appreciate I filled with gratitude. I'm going to end the recording, but don't go away because I want to get your address because I want to send you a thank you gift. Okay. Sure. So, Russ, thank you so very much and enjoy the rest of your so windy day here. What's the weather like where you are? Uh, it's just, no, not much wind there. Eh? Well, lucky you. Um, not windy at all. Okay, awesome. Well, enjoy the rest of your day. There are a few things in my recovery journey that I enjoy more than talking to someone for whom the light of life was switched on and who chooses to dance naked despite the brightness of being. This is how I see Russ today. I found my chat with him so incredibly fascinating and inspiring. I did not want to stop hearing how he has grown personally and spiritually. With my whole heart and soul, I loved this conversation and cannot thank Russ enough for his time and the serene energy he brought into the field. If you want to know more about what I do, please feel free to connect with me on my website, which is www.freddy.org.za, or find me on Facebook at either Meet Me in the Field, or Freddy Counselor, or on Twitter at at Freddy, or Instagram at Freddy Counselor. Remember that Freddy is always stuffed with an IE at the end. I apologize for the sound in the intro and the outro of this episode, but <laughs> we are actually moving house tomorrow and the packers were here today and contrary to what we expected they packed up the whole house i'm sitting in a completely empty office except for two very very stressed out cats hence that terrible rex or mal you heard at the end of this recording so hopefully next time i record it will be in my new office in the new house and our sound quality will be back to normal what actually happened was um, i wasn't here when they packed up my office and they packed the microphone so I can't plug in the microphone, so this is why the sound sounds as hollow as it is. It's recorded on my laptop from a very empty office. Anyway, until next time, look after yourself. Thank you for listening. Be safe. Bye.